The Golf Unfiltered Podcast is brought to you by our friends over at Coghill Golf and Country Club, who we are happy and proud to partner with once again this year. Coghill features 72 holes of championship golf, including the world-famous Dubs Dread. They have a completely renovated practice area and driving range. It's essentially an academy that you can go and spend not only the day improving your game, but at night they've got lights now and two bars as well as a food truck to spend some quality time with some friends and family. They've been doing it this way since 1927, folks. Go out to coghillgolf.com to learn more. We're also brought to you by our friends over at Sharp Focus Nutrition. Let's face it, when you go out and play golf, you probably don't eat and drink very well. Well, a couple hot dogs, a few beers, yeah, we get it. Sharp Focus Nutrition replaces all of that with a systematic way to not only stay replenished throughout your round, but to also improve your game in doing so. Go out to sharpfocusnutrition.com to learn about their system. Let them know that we sent you. Pick up a system right now. Sharpfocusnutrition.com. You're listening to the Golf Unfiltered Podcast, your source for in-depth interviews with the biggest names, brands, and personalities in golf. Our mission, to keep you informed and help you enjoy the game even more. Hello, friends, and welcome back to the Golf Unfiltered mini-series, Memoirs from Magnolia Lane. My name is Nikki Dunnigan, and thank you so much for being here today. It is a beautiful day outside, well, at least here where I am, um, getting a little warmer. Uh, there's a very thick coat of pollen on every surface, um, and uh, this morning there were two new azalea blooms on my bushes outside, so if they're blooming here, they are definitely blooming in Augusta. Um, which is what we are here to talk about today. Um, once again, I should say that this mini series is in no way affiliated with, nor are we sponsored by Augusta National Golf Club, the Masters, or any of its affiliates. Um, and now that we've gotten that out of the way, I am really excited about today's guest and very honored uh, that he has joined us today. Um, someone whose work I've been following for a long time and a big fan of for a long time. Um, community manager for Golfer's Journal and the Broken Tea Society, um, the internet's very own Robbie Vogel. How are you today? Thank you so much for being here. Oh my gosh. Thank you, Nikki, for having me. I am well. Uh, I am, I've been relegated to my bedroom because I don't know if you just heard that, but there's some work being done on the house. So really excellent time uh, to come on a podcast of my first sort <laughs> of, you know, external pod to be on uh, while there are people working on the house. But I'm good. The weather is absolutely terrible. I live in Boston, so it's it's not oh, no. good uh, up up here. But I'm very excited to talk about the Masters uh, because it's you know the sort of unofficial start of the golf season, the unofficial start of spring, uh, and I just would rather be in Georgia right now than uh, where I am. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I should not have kicked us off by saying, "Oh yeah, it's beautiful weather here." Oh no, no, it's good. Yeah. It makes it 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 sort of uh, projects the fact that spring will arrive sometime probably like late May yeah. for us. Yeah. Um, well, before we get into the question that we we ask all of our guests on the show, I do want to talk about um, your work and Golfer's Journal a little bit. Um, so let's dive into to you and what you're doing. Um, so for those of our listeners who don't know what Golfer's Journal is, um, I actually have, let me pull this real quick. Um, I actually have a copy of um, this is, issue, which first of all, this is one of my favorite photos of all time. Um, yeah. I actually, I, I normally keep this up there on my shelf because with all of the rest of my like 
tiger shrine things because this is one of my favorite photos. Um, this is such such a good issue. Uh, but I, I do want to talk about um, your work in Golfer's Journal and the Broken Tea Society. The Discord is also one of my favorite communities. Such such good information and such good networking in there. The people are so yeah. nice. Everyone is so friendly all the time. Um, so yeah, let, let's let's talk about that a little bit and what what you sure. what you do with that. Yeah, it's funny. So um, if people are familiar uh, with the journal, we started in 2017. I shouldn't really say we, I didn't help uh, with that. I just started working there <laughs> late 2021. Um, I was doing some community golf stuff up in Boston. I had a little um, thing running and Brendan, the publisher sort of reached out to me and said, Hey, we're starting this online community in discord. And I said, what's discord? And he said, don't worry about it. Do you want to help? And I said, sure. Because I was working in travel at the time and, and thinking about golf constantly uh, during and outside of work. And I decided let's try to make golf your life, which I think, uh, you know, and, and my, my work, which I'm sure Nick, you feel the same way. That's if you can do that in any capacity um, it's going to be a quick yes. So yeah, the community manager role uh, I'm kind of making it up as I go and I'm getting help from people like you people in the server, but it's essentially a, a hodgepodge of like, checking out what's happening in the server, you know, doing sort of live interviews with people because our Discord community allows live uh, video chats and audio chats, which is super cool. Uh, and just kind of seeing, you know, how we can bring more value to uh, the membership of the journal, which sounds very buzzwordy, but, you know, it's 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 a premium product. Um, it's not something that we're, you know, giving away. And so when we mm -hmm. ask you to pay your subscription, we we give you the book four times a year, but then we also think, okay, what can we do to make your membership feel special? So I think uh, that's kind of a broad overview and, you know, it's, it's not a big team. So I help with emails and marketing and social. And I'm, I have an article coming out in the next one in 24 uh, about a trip that I took to Kentucky, which started on the server. I don't know if you were around for that, but within the first couple days of the server being open in October, people started, you know, it's, you talk about everything on there. It's just a message board, whatever. And uh, some folks from very disparate parts of the country, uh, sorry about the noise, basically all got involved and were like, Hey, we love bourbon. We want to talk about bourbon. One dude was like, why don't we go to Kentucky on a bourbon and golf trip? And a year later they went and I went and covered it and wrote about it. And it's a, uh, it's a pretty cool little tale there. So. That is awesome. That's pretty cool. Yeah. yeah. I I've been, I've been a member for a little while and I'm not going to lie. It took me it took me a while to figure out Discord. I'm such a such an Apple person, and I feel like I, it shouldn't have taken me as long as it did because I I was of the mindset that like Discord is more of like an Android thing, and I don't know that was just me. Once I got in, I was like, oh, I, this is way easier than I thought that it was. I was making it way too difficult. But once I got in, I was like, man, I shouldn't have waited that long to get in here and actually like start having conversations with people because. Like the second I started figuring it out and like saw, seeing the different groups and the different communities of people, it was so like my like I, my mind was blown at just the, the advice from people. Mm -hmm. You know, the, the parent the parenting section alone, I was like, oh my gosh, Man. yeah. Like so many so many questions were answered immediately within the first like three threads that I have had for months on like, hey, what should I do if my kid is like, I don't know if he's left-handed or right-handed and should I do this? Like, should I get him clubs right away? And like, I mean, instantly within the first like three comments, I was like, well, this would have saved me so much time. So um, yeah, it's it's a huge, huge um, benefit to to the membership. And it's definitely worth the the price that you're paying. And in addition to the actual publication, 
Um, I'm, I'm a publication person anyway, you know, I, I come mm. with a journalism background. And so I'm, I like having something to hold in my hands when I'm reading and, you know, I'm like a, a, a magazine kind of nerd person, but the, the, the discord and the community aspect is definitely something that's, that's used. And you guys actually just had a, um, a women's amateur player in yeah. the discord that you guys had a conversation with recently too. And that was really cool to get to be a part of. Um, so yeah, Gianna the, Clement. Yeah. I don't know when this is coming out. Sorry to cut you off, but uh, if you're if you're watching the Anwa, we're we're rooting for our girl Gianna, who's the number one uh, junior in the world. She's she's legit. So yes, she's fifteen now. Yeah, fifteen. Yeah, yeah. She turned fifteen um, the day after we talked to her. Not a yeah, big deal. But you guys just, like, do those kind of golfers on the planet. You guys do those kind of conversations all the time, though, in the Discord, right, with different people. Yep. Yeah. We have, you know, we, we kind of vary it up. Uh, right now we're doing something called the index experiment, like throughout this year, which is our way of doing game and, uh, or, uh, game improvement. So we don't do swing tips. You know, it's very, the publication for, if people haven't heard of it, it's not a golf digest or a, a golf mag that kind of can cater to, you know, quick fixes and that type of stuff. And we, we've really never done instructional content or game improvement, but this community thing, uh, sort of allows us to bring in, you know, teachers, instructors, mental coaches, psychiatrists. Uh, we're talking to a nutritionist in a couple of weeks who's the brother of, uh, do you know Paul Dunn, the guy who's like an Irish golfer? He was good in the in the Open Championship once. Anyway, it's a long story, but we'll tell it in a couple of weeks. His, br- <laughs> his brother's like a, he like works for the European Ryder Cup team as do, like nutrition stuff. So uh, we kind of scour the golf world and try to bring interesting people into our orbit um, for the community. So. That's a lot about me. I don't know if I need to go deeper than that. People can check it out if they want. No, that's very interesting. Very cool. And and cool that people get to, um, you know, have that kind of variety when they get to be a part of that membership, um, that it's not just, just, hey, you're, you're paying for a publication. You get to be a part of a, a community and network um, as well. Um, but but speaking of networking and um, because of being part of that discord, that's how you and I were able to be connected. And I was able to bring you on here and be, and tell your, your master story. Um, yeah. And so speaking of that master story, I wanted to ask you the question that we ask all of our guests as they come on. Um, what does the, what makes the masters a quote unquote tradition unlike any other to you? That's I know funny. it's a very loaded I, question and I say that every time, but no, no, it is. It's a good question. Um, I didn't grow up in a house that cared about golf too much. My dad just got into it recently and he's obsessed, but he was a tennis player forever. Um, I'm an only child. I played a bunch of sports growing up and like played golf recreationally, but never cared about it too much. So I really got into the game in college um, because, and after college because like rec or like team sports become harder to play after college. So the first masters that I really like distinctly remember having a moment with was this is a dumb story, but uh, junior year of college, we had had a huge party the night before we lived in this big house in the basement. Uh, the basement was like the party area. And so I was cleaning up the basement with a roommate of mine and we had the big TV on and it was the Charles Schwartzel Schwartzel year, 2011. And we just kind of like tuned it on to something that was like, okay, this is an important tournament. Obviously we're going to watch and we're just going to need something to like keep the energy level pretty low and not, you know, um, nothing loud action movies at this point in our, in our hangover or whatever, we're not going to (laughs) happen. So we have, we have the golf on, we're like, great, this is nice. Like the birds and everything. And then by the middle of the back nine, 
we sort of stopped caring about the cleanliness of the basement and we were just like riveted by the golf tournament. And I had never been someone who like sat down and watched a golf tournament before, but just ambient hearing that story being told and like sneaking and glances of it. Uh, I just sort of got, I don't know, I got like indoctrinated into the masters that way and watched the whole tournament um, for the whole back nine, I guess, which is, as people say, the masters doesn't start till the back nine on Sunday. Um, but yeah, then I sort of fell deeply into the golf sphere in the next couple of years, did some writing, various things. And uh, you know, I'd always, kept an eye on the majors and everything but that i don't know whenever someone mentions the masters i always goes back to just watching charles Schwartzel like make six birdies or whatever he did on the back nine and it was you know this beautiful spring day and i kind of i don't know that that's like what what comes to mind that's such an interesting story like most most people's story is like oh well i someone took me as a kid or oh well i got an autograph from tiger woods or like i don't think i've ever heard anyone say Charles Schwartzel. No, like, I can't even say his name. I keep mispronouncing it. Yeah, there's too many <laughs> like, sounds. Not even that, but like, I don't think I've ever heard anyone say I was hungover in a basement watching Charles <laughs> Schwartzel with the Masters. I mean, I'm like, sorry, like that's just what comes to mind. And then obviously no, now, that, but that's but that's that's what's so unique about the Masters yeah. is that like it's not just these like big life changing altering moments. Like I shook hands with Tiger Woods, sure. or you know like it's, it's something as just every day as like, I was just living life and hung over in a basement with my friends, <laughs> but the masters is such a, such a, a, a moment, such a cultural thing that something as just every day as just like hanging out with your buds in the basement can stop you in your tracks and be the thing that like shifts for you and puts you on a path. Like, like you said, you had never been really into golf before but that shifted your whole path and now look like it changed your career you know yeah, honestly, now like you're in golf as your career I've never thought about it like that but like I think that is a big part of why I started caring about because like I love playing the game uh and I'm very competitive so I enjoy you know when when team sports sort of fell off I got back into playing it more but yeah that the the idea that of, of like sitting down and watching a golf tournament was never a part of my weekends until, uh, until good old Charles Schwartzel. Man, you owe it all to Charles Schwartzel on that hangover. I, yeah. I gotta give him props. Yeah. <laughs> and, and really whatever alcohol you were drinking the night before too. Oh God. Natural light. Probably <laughs> Rubinoff had a lot to do with it. Yeah. That's Thanks awesome. to Natty light and Charles. That that's, that's the, that's an article title right there. I owe it all to Natty Light and Charles Schwartz. <laughs> Jesus Christ. I might get fired at this point. Oh, oh man. man. Yeah. Oh, that's funny. Well, I'd love to hear. Um, I know you you have had the the pleasure of attending the Masters before. So I would love to hear um your your experience of the time that you got to go and what that was like. And um just, you know, like it, the title of this is kind of memoirs from Magnolia Lane. So what were some of your, your memoirs and your memories from that time and your experience there? Yeah. Um, I was lucky enough to go in 2018. We got a Tuesday practice round ticket, a friend of mine, you know, we all did the lottery. A friend of mine won, got four tickets uh, and our good friend, my best man at my wedding had just moved to Atlanta um, and just bought a house there. So it was kind of perfect timing. You know, we were all at the age where we were all 28. So it was like some, some married, some not married. No one had any kids. Uh, we had jobs, but 
you know, we were sort of still in the like, let's do fun things era of our mm-hmm. life. So it was great. We should have looking back on it. I was thinking about this today. We probably should have done this more, but uh, we, <laughs> we did get to go, uh, took a week, flew down to Atlanta, played some golf uh, and then went out on Tuesday drove out, you know, early, early in the morning and got there kind of right when the gates open. Um, and it just took the whole day to soak in the golf course. I mean, I don't exactly remember too much of who was playing and I don't think we cared, you know, we followed a few groups. We got to see all the, most of the big names. Um, but it was really just getting our feet under us and literally like walking. I, the first thing I remember is sort of, you get spit out after you go past the merch palace you get spit out right on the first fairway like under the big Mm -hmm. um scoreboard and everything sort of like locks into place in your you know you you get to marry like what you've seen on tv what you've seen on google maps and now it's actually in front of you and around you and under your feet and you're like oh my gosh okay so i've seen this hole but then now i know how far it is from that hole from the first green to the second tee and then how it curves down the corner and then like two green three t seven green and eight t are in this weird like pocket this bowl kind of plate i don't know it's very interesting to see it all at once instead of you know moving from one to the next on tv or something like that that's kind of my first my first memory uh was just sort of like oh my gosh it's all here and you can see a lot of it from that first fairway have you ever experienced that with any other golf course that you've been to because i know you've traveled to several golf courses that that like you know you see them in like a magazine or you see them on TV mm-hmm. or social media or something. And like, have you ever experienced that with any other golf course where it's like, whoa, I didn't know it was like this? Mm. Uh, that's a good question. I I haven't played too many places that are on TV or whatever. Um, we got to travel to Cabot Links. That's like a 14 hour drive for us that we've done a couple times. Uh, and I, you know, I'm, I'm the type who researches everything about a course and knows what it looks like as much as I can before I go. But still, mm-hmm. yeah, that that idea of like stepping onto the property and looking out and like when you come around the pro shop at Cabot and you're on the putting green of the Lynx course, you can the whole thing stretches out in front of you and you can see the ocean and stuff. That's that's a similar reveal. Um, we got to play TPC Scottsdale Stadium in, at a bachelor party last year, and it's not an incredibly like, you know, revealy course until you get to like. 15, 16, 17, because those holes are so famous. So getting to 15 Mm -hmm. green and then just seeing, you know, when there's no stands or grandstands or anything up, you're like, oh, that's the 16th hole. It's just a par three in the middle of the desert. Um, That's a fun, Mm -hmm. fun moment. But no, nothing like, I mean, Augusta is so cool because there are so few trees, right? Like all these courses that I play up here is you're basically like in the forest. There's nothing where several holes are, I mean, there are, but for the most part, you're not, you're not beset by just like massive landscapes. And when you walk out into Augusta, you kind of see, you know, obviously there's lines of trees between a few holes, but you're just like, oh my gosh, the whole thing is right here. Golf Unfiltered is proud to partner once again with Mizuno Golf for 2023. Mizuno Golf is offering their new JPX 923 irons. And if you haven't heard about these yet, go out to our YouTube channel and see a full fitting that I do with Mizuno at Cog Hill Golf and Country Club. These irons are spectacular. They've got three medals, five different options of irons spanning the player's spectrum. So you are for sure going to find something great for your game. Go out to MizunoUSA.com today to learn more. Yeah, I think that's like when I 
went to Pebble for the first time, mm-hmm. um, I not to play. I went to the the pro am. Um, I I had that experience kind of like it was like oh okay like you know it you you see like the the I guess the beauty of the the ocean in the course, but it wasn't like I don't it didn't it didn't stop me in my tracks. Like you're saying, like when you kind of stop there and you're like, Whoa, right. um, it was like, Oh wow. This isn't, this doesn't look like it does on TV. Like, you know, this is prettier than it is on TV. But I was like, I was just like, mm, okay. Like, and I snapped a couple of pictures and I watched the hole and I was like, you know, wow, this is a really hard hole. Yeah. But then I kind of just like took it in for what it was and like experienced it for it being like as historic as it was and like beautiful as it was. And then I just kind of enjoyed my day and then, you know, went along. But like, like you're saying with Augusta, it, and I've heard a lot of people say this too, especially with, with 10, seeing, sitting at the top Mm -hmm. of 10 and seeing the actual slope of how far it goes down. You, you cannot grasp that from standing there. And like, just the way that like, and even as many times as I've been, standing there and going, Oh my God, like I forgot this, you know? Yeah. And like, I think the pebble thing is interesting because that might be the course that gets shown via aerial shot more than any other. So like mm-hmm. you almost get it before you get there. You're like, all right, I know, like I could draw this from memory, all these courses or holes along the cliffside, And I can see the, like the structure of how the holes are laid out and the distance between each of them. And I don't know, like, I've never been out there, but I think I, I kind of understand where you're coming from on that. And then Augusta, you know, when, when we got to Scottsdale stadium, we're playing the first hole and I'm like, Oh, this feels like a regular golf course. Like the fairway is not that wide. It's the greens a regular size. Uh, you know, you just, then you turn around and play the second hole and it's pretty normal. When you get to Augusta national, you're just like, this is, I've never seen anything at this grandiosity grandeur, you know, mm-hmm. like it's just, I mean, everything's, even the greens that aren't overwhelmingly huge, like the third green, uh, it just, they seem so, I don't know. There's, I I don't really have an adjective for it. Right. Like that's maybe that's what the masters does to you, but you're just, everything you're looking at is, is, is just like the, the best possible version of whatever they are trying to do. So I don't know. It's it's a really cool spot. Were you one of the people who like, who stopped and, bent down and touched the grass oh my god so a friend of a friend of ours like when we were told him we were going he was like yo if i got to go i would bend down and kiss the grass and i was like all right i'm not gonna do that but (laughs) uh but yeah i mean you have to right you gotta you gotta get a get a hand on the turf the only i mean like i said we didn't do too much um like we saw every hole uh we got down to amen corner and just hung around there for a little bit early in the day the only like interesting i guess thing that happened was so i don't know do you remember that guy matt parziale who is the massachusetts amateur champion yeah Um, yeah 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 yeah. his story was uh, he's a he's like a firefighter up here who lives you know down in brockton he plays at this course uh called thorny lee which is like a really i mean all the good players around here play at thorny lee so firefighter makes the cut uh you know wins the mass am and then gets to go to augusta uh, I think he won the the US or no the mid am, which was why he got to go there. But anyway, so he's we're like, all right, we gotta go find Parziale. Like we've heard of him, whatever. Turns out he's playing a practice round with Tiger Woods and I believe Justin Thomas, but I don't remember. 
uh, if it was JT. But regardless, Tiger, Parziale are on the eighth tee. There's, you know, 4,000 people there. It's a complete zoo. They tee off, and we're kind of craning our necks to look over. Oh, my gosh, there goes Tiger. It's amazing. They walk up, and people start sort of following them in a surge. And then from behind the eighth tee, Patrick Reed, all black, very businesslike, comes power walking through the crowd, just almost like I, I remember it as him like elbowing people out of the way. I'm not sure if he made contact with anyone, but he was bound and determined to get from wherever he was, maybe nine green uh, to the eighth tee. And Kessler, his caddy, is just like huffing and puffing behind him with the staff bag, trying to keep up, trying to keep people out of the way. So Reed bombs through, goes under the ropes, and they go and they jump into the group behind Tiger and, and Parziale. I'm imagining just so that Reed could get, because he wasn't, you know, this super well known at this point, or he had been Captain America in 2014, whatever, but he hadn't won the Masters until this year. So I'm, I'm wondering if he was doing that to get sort of the idea the feeling of playing in front of this huge crowd. Um, but I don't know. It was just funny to watch like professional golfer, just sort of bullying his way into a tee box and doing whatever he was doing out there that day. That's funny. That was the year that like the controversy really started for him. Like, cause if 2018 was the year he won. Mm-hmm. So if that was a practice round, that would have been like the year, all of the like rumors, not rumors they're true but like all of the news started coming out and stuff about him and really all of the controversy about him kind of started trickling out i don't know that they would have been coming out that early in the week because no i think i remember like i think i remember shipnuck doing the piece after the uh, after the masters about didn't he go to like patrick reed's family's house and watch it with them or something like he like told the story of his mom's, you know, family being a couple miles away from the course and like not no one, yeah, no one I, really I I remember I remember it coming out like I think you're right cuz I think that story came out after he won, but there was there was other articles that came out about like his history with at UGA and his history yeah. at like all that kind of stuff that came out like Saturday Friday and Saturday when he was like in contention and like when he was in the final pairing, mm-hmm. those all came out because people were talking about them on Sunday when he was leading and winning. Okay. Yeah. Um, Cause it was down to like him and cause we were there on Sunday oh, wow. um, okay. and it was down to him and Ricky. Cause that was the year that like, it could have been Ricky that won. And um, we were on the 18th green and it was Ricky had, if he had birdied, I think it would have sent it to a playoff. Um, and Ricky, he ended up, I, I think, I think if he had birdied, he would have sent it to a playoff. Either way, he didn't, he didn't. And basically he ended up, he ended up with like a par putt and like, you know, everybody always stands up on the 18th and like, we're like down kind of a little bit past the green, like we can kind of see up over the hill and, you know, everybody stands up and applauds and like the, the clap for his, like Ricky's par putt to basically come in, I think second or third that year um, was, you know, enormous. Everyone's cheering for him. And then Patrick Reed hits it in. And I think it was also a par putt, but to win. And I am not exaggerating when I say that, after watching it back later on the broadcast and then like going back to look it up on YouTube, they had to have added in sound really for the applause. Like they had to have, because 
standing there in the in the crowd like people literally around us i mean like we're we're just kind of clapping but people around us literally went and just started picking up their chairs and leaving it was it was very awkward yeah it was very awkward that speaks i think because i i remember hearing that story about him or about the the masters like green jackets doing that in in the clubhouse like that same amount of uh sort of not even apathy but like actual distaste that he had won um but that might speak to how local that tournament is right because reed's from augusta he played at augusta state until he didn't uh or was it augusta state that he ended up going to after he went to georgia either way like he's well known in the area and he's Mm -hmm. very infamous and you know it's sure it's a golf tournament that everyone wants to go to and you have plenty of stories of people going from all over the world but it still seems like there's such a sentiment of local patronage that 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 many people can feel that way so immediately you know not everyone's reading all these stories right away but people know people know patrick reed's not a good good dude yeah yeah i mean there there was enough applause i mean you saw there were like i mean obviously the people right on the ropes people stood up they were clapping you know there was you know they they know there's cameras on them there's obviously enough green jackets there standing up but like i said we were just enough off the green down like just past the bunkers pretty much that like people were just you could see audible mm. like shoulders dropping and like people three or four rows back, just like started picking up chairs and walking away. It was, so, um, yeah. Yeah. That's so I'm looking up this, uh, I have the, the top 10 from the 2018 masters. This is an absolute murderer's row. So Patrick Reed, like you said, Ricky Fowler was one back Reed at 15 under Fowler at 14 under and then Spieth, John Rahm, and then tied for fifth were McElroy, Cam Smith, Henrik Stenson and Bubba. Mark Leishman ninth, and then Finau and DJ tied for tenth. Wow, that's just like every single good play. I mean, that's minus JT. That's like that's it. That's an incredible leaderboard. Yeah, and Cam yeah, Smith didn't I even know. have that cachet back then, too. Wow, I take that that's... leaderboard this year. Minus minus Patrick Reed at the top. Wow, that's God. I don't see. I don't even remember that being like. I don't even remember Tony Finau being up there. I, I mean, just remember read it reads at 15 with Fowler 14 Spieth was at 13 under uh, he shot 64 on that Sunday and then John Rahm 11 Rory Cam Smith and and Stenson above at nine so nobody was really close except for Spieth I actually do remember that Spieth Sunday 64 just going out he was pretty early and he almost he almost caught him yeah I do vaguely remember that I just the only thing I like vividly remember was was being like, this was like Ricky being so close mm-hmm. and like that being the last time truly that it feel like, like since then we haven't seen that much, like we haven't really seen anything from him. Like, and yeah, I don't know I if think, it was like that did it for him. I think that might've been the year that I made the rollover bet with two of my friends that Ricky will win another ma- or win a, na- a major before Rory wins another one. Um, that has not looked good for me so far. Uh, <laughs> so, but Rory collapsed at the old course to the chagrin of everyone in the world, except me who would have owed some money. Um, so we'll see Ricky's trending. He's coming back. I think I got Ricky. He might win one this year. You never know. You never know. You never know. Well, if Ricky wins the Valero, um, then uh, this, this recording will obviously come out after that this happens, but uh, so um, we may be um, putting our feet in our mouth here a little bit, but if Ricky wins the Valero, then he will actually get an invitation to Augusta 
So this is like the third year in a row now, I think, that he has needed to win the Valero to get an invitation. Um, but He's, um, I, on that note, and, oh, yeah, go ahead. No, no, no. We don't need to talk anymore about Ricky Fowler. He's fine. He'll figure oh. it out. <laughs> <laughs> I was just going to say on that note and talking about um, picks and who we think is going to win, uh, I want to do a couple rapid fire questions um, as we wrap up here. Um, so uh, we'll start with the first one. Who who do you think is your pick? Who is your going to be your pick for 2023? Man, it's so hard not to say Scotty Scheffler, but yeah, it I, is. Or or John Rom. Uh, I'm the type of person whose March Madness bracket is a complete sea of double digits, which never works, but it's fun. So I mean, why not? I'm gonna say. Man, uh, I have futures bets on so many people that I don't even remember who I actually think is going to win. I'll say Tyrrell Hatton. What? Okay, that yeah. is so. Okay, he's like That's fifty-five like... to one. He he's. I, I feel like the Masters uh, scoreboard, even on TV, is is one that you can just picture certain people's names on. You know, like it's it's a different colorway and like it just looks different than every other scoreboard that you see on TV. Mm-hmm. Um, and so Hideki's always up there for me. Like I can always picture Matsuyama. Ustays and I can always picture up there for whatever reason, and I haven't done any research, but I think Hatton is up there pretty frequently. I'd let I, I can look up his his uh his master's record, but that's my pick. Um, I don't I don't hate it. I mean, especially after seeing him play the way he did on Sunday at the Players. I mean, that his that Sunday round was insane. Mm-hmm. Um, and honestly. Like you said, anybody, if Scotty's not in the field, like, I mean, Hatton would, I mean, he's running away with it, but, but I guess it's a different beast. It's not sawgrass. Like, no, it's true. It's, so, it's very much not sawgrass. Um, there's also, there's also rain in the forecast. So, oh, interesting. That, that makes a difference. That, that bodes um, well for Rory McElroy, honestly. That's what I would, that's exactly the name I was about to say. Um, mm-hmm. I, I say I, I, every year I put him in my, I put him in my master's pool and then every year at the last second I take him out. And then every year he puts in some sort of backdoor top five and then I regret taking him out. Um, but this year I'm, I'm going Rory. I'm he's, he's got to get it done. Like he's, he's due. He's due. Um, and I don't know. I think, I think it's time. I think it's time. I'm going Rory this year. Okay. I think he'll win one eventually here. So yeah, why not this year? Uh, I also just looked up Hatton's record. He's, he's not good at Augusta. So I don't know exactly what I was thinking, but I don't know. I can pick, <laughs> maybe he's only good on Thursday and Friday when I watch a lot of it because I'm not uh, doing anything with the family, but either way, we'll see. Uh, you know, you can't go wrong. It's Augusta. Yeah. Um, I did. We went to a practice round last year, uh, total side note. And, um, I saw him Hob- and Hovland um, and who else was with him? It might've been Paul Casey and Matt Kuchar um, when they were skipping balls across the green on 16. Um, and I actually have a, a pretty cool picture of them um, all f- four hitting it across the water at the same time. Um, and he like didn't even come close to skipping it in the water. I mean, he immediately <laughs> chucked it straight down into the water and he got so mad. It was very funny. Um all right. Uh, next rapid fire question. Favorite favorite hole at Augusta? Gosh, sorry. The the winner answer was not rapid fire. Uh, my favorite hole is number eight. Number eight. Okay. Wow. That's that's, that's rapid one. fire. Oh. Yeah. 
I love the yeah. mounding around the green. Um, I don't love the fairway bunker. I think it could actually be a cooler hole if it didn't have that fairway bunker, but the green is unlike anything else uh, there. And it's interesting that it doesn't have any bunkers around the green and it's hard to build an uphill par five. That's cool. Um, but I think, you know, Mackenzie was good at his job. So he did that. That's a good one. And that's, that's a hole that not a lot of people say um, that I think the, the green is, I think your answer is probably similar to mine and the reason why I say five um, because mm. of the, like all of the, the, the bumpy bumps around the green, like that's, it's, it's such a hard hole, but it's, it's so fun to watch and it's so fun to watch people attempt. Like it's, yeah, it's a good one. Um, it's not always a hole that I actually go sit on, but it's a, a fun hole to actually watch. Um, yeah. It's cool. Yeah. I mean, eight is fun. It's the same idea as 11 where you can bail as far right as you want, but then it gets really tricky to get the ball to a certain pin. Um, and those, those sort of shoulders of the green that, you know, roll back throughout the whole green, just present a bunch of different interesting ways to play it. You can, I don't think I see a lot of people put it over them. You could, you can bump it into the mound. You can flop it over. Uh, you can use, you know, if you're short against one mound, you can go up the other mound and have it come back. It's, mm -hmm. I don't know, very, very pinball like in that way. Yeah. If I, if I'm, if I'm there in person, I don't think I, I won't sit and watch on those two holes a lot, but if I am, if I'm watching on like the broadcast or if I'm like not doing work and watching on masters.com on Thursday and Friday, yep. um, I will have those, one of those two holes up or something on, um, all right. Uh, favorite masters winner. Um, you've been alive to see maybe Charles Swartz will probably <laughs> my boy, Charles. No, uh, <laughs> uh, that's a good question. Um, so I actually will say Hideki because I would take Hideki. I was the same way with you where I would take him in every single master's pool and bet on him to win. And then I, the one year I didn't, I was like, you know what? He's broken my heart too many times. He can't get it done. He can't putt. The one year I don't take him, there's a rain delay. He starts firing absolute darts to like kick in and he doesn't need to putt and he makes putts. Uh, he makes, makes the birdies and he wins the tournament. And it, I mean, I don't spend a lot of time paying attention to like the way that golf is viewed in Japan and like how kind of uh, what that did for the game. But I have read enough to know that it was a pretty big deal. And uh, having even just watched Hideki play at TBC Boston a few times and seeing his, like he has his own personal media team that follows him around uh, the fact, like he has the whole country on his shoulders in a lot of ways, especially in golf and to see him get it done was really super cool. Yeah. The, um, when his caddy bowed at that flag, I fully, fully cried. Like actual tears came out of my eyeballs. Like that was, yeah, that, that was, was special. Um, biggest heartbreak you've been alive to see, whether it's a, like a, a, a loss or like a shot, a specific shot or. I mean, Jordan uh, dumping his entire future golf career into Ray's Creek. Uh, yeah. That was when I was watching at a friend's apartment, a friend, a couple people there. One of the guys went down to, to grab the delivery food that has just been delivered. It's like a three floor walk up. And he heard us. He told us when we were, when he was coming back up, we're just screaming because at that point, you know, Jordan goes in the Creek, he drops the ball, he goes in the Creek again. And by the time he gets back up, we're just, everyone's devastated. Like the whole entire, you know, the tournament is, is on its ear. And uh, my friend missed it by going to get 
Chinese food or whatever it was. So, Oh my God. <laughs> yeah. That was a bad one. I think either, I don't know. It, it's a, it's a toss up for me. I think either, um, either that Ricky moment, like him losing because of him being so close, like, mm-hmm. or actually, and I know he's not a very popular person right now because he just went, went to live. But, um, when the year after Sergio won, when he hit like, what was it? Like 10 balls in the water on 15, like on the same hole that like the year before was the very hole that made it to where he actually won an eagle on and he actually made it and then next year he hit like what was it he got like a, a what was it he, he got shot an eight on that hole or a 10 was it a 10 no I think I think he might have made I don't know. a 10 he yeah. shot, it he was hit, terrible he hit three balls in the water um from that little drop zone like down bottom or I don't know if it was a drop zone or where he laid up to but yeah, he would just hit that same low like nipper and it would just like check and rip back into the water. Yep. Oh yeah. man. Yeah. That was so, so bad. Yeah. That one was rough. But knowing that it was the exact same hole that like the year before mm-hmm. was the reason why he won the whole tournament. Yeah. That was rough. Um, yeah. All right. Uh, final, final rapid fire question. Pimento cheese or egg salad? Pimento cheese 100% of the time, although I did just recently have egg salad uh, for the first time in quite a long time and it's fine, but no, the pimento cheese. And if you want to, if you want to extra uh, get some extra flavor in there, you put it on top of the pulled pork. You kind of make a, a mash. Oh, oh, that's interesting. Yeah. I've From heard, my I've one heard day of- there, <laughs> I have a lot of expert opinions. Yeah, that's interesting. I've heard a lot of um, different like variations of, of people doing different concoctions. I, I just heard um, uh, recently someone saying doing like take getting an egg salad and a pimento cheese and like splitting them and putting them together so you have okay. like the the two. To me, that would be too much mush. That's but, a lot of mayonnaise. Yeah, yeah, but a lot of mayonnaise. But I I actually have never even considered doing the pimento cheese and on the barbecue. That is extremely interesting. Oh yeah, barbecue, that's um, what it is. So yeah, here's the, how's, here is how big of a nerd I am. Uh, in the lead up to our one time that we got to go, I like researched the concessions um, and I found, I'm not sure if they still do this or if this is even a big secret or whatever, but do you know what a, what the stand 12 drink is? Absolutely, yes. Okay, good. Yes, yeah. yeah they so sell I, it over. We well, and, I don't, I don't know if they even do it anymore last year they told me they were not doing it or they told me they were not they they weren't allowed to do it anymore um oh wow whether or not so i don't know if that's like a continuing thing or if it was just that day or if just that one girl didn't want to do it (laughs) i don't Mm. know um but yes the stand 12 is it's very popular very popular okay good yeah i felt i felt proud because i we bomb down to amen corner and i ordered one and the guy was like oh your first one today and i was like man i'm a nerd but that's great <laughs> yeah yeah and for those of you who do not know the stand 12 uh you can order it or you used to be able to order it at the concession stands um behind the the 12th um hole it is it's basically just um 
blue Powerade or well, blue sports drink, as they call it in Augusta. Sports drink. Um, yeah, Sprite or lemon lime, as they call it in Augusta, and uh, lemonade. Um, they used to have um, pink lemonade. They stopped selling pink lemonade a couple years ago, but they used to make it with pink lemonade, and it was a lot um, like brighter and cuter and but now they just do it with regular lemonade but still very delicious very good uh make them at home if you ordered the taste of the masters and it's still just as good there you go so, yeah awesome well thank you again so much for joining us today i really appreciate it um where can people find you and find the golfer's journal yeah sure um first of all thank you so much for having me this is great uh and the golfer's journal is just at golfer's journal on Instagram and Twitter. Um, you can subscribe via the link that is probably in those bios. I would recommend it. It's great. And then I'm just Robbie Vogel 14 on, um, on social. And I'm probably just going to be spitting out a lot of golfer's journal stuff. So nothing too exciting. You may see some pictures of my daughter and that's about it. Oh, well, we are so grateful to you and, um, for joining us today and we will um we'll be sharing those links to the golfer's journal um we'll have them in the description of the the youtube and um as well as the the episode description on podcast excuse me spotify and apple um and we'll share them on social as well and tag you there um awesome. so thank you again so much for joining us and we are so so looking forward to the start of the masters um, and we will be back again with uh some more golf unfiltered episodes and we'll be back with um, some more recap of after the masters and we will see, we'll see if our predictions were right. Um, we'll see who actually was the closest to actually predicting the winner of the masters and who knows, we may be all wrong. We may, um, have somebody from, from live come in and, you know, win it all. Who knows? Um, but like I said, we will be back. Um, if you have questions, comments, or concerns, uh, you can always send those to Adam at golfunfiltered.com. Um, you can send them to me too, but I like it better when you send them to Adam. Um, and uh, follow us on social at Golf Unfiltered and subscribe to us on YouTube. And we will see you again next week. Thanks so much. <laughs> <laughs>